August 6th and 7th, 2017, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 55, and today we're on part two uh, of our look at the Destiny 2 beta. Uh, Last week we talked about things we noticed and changes from Destiny 1, the farm, uh, (laughs) Sherb and Drop lamenting the loss of our Guardian's voice, and our ghost descent into sheer idiocy. That's right. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, And this week... We're going to talk about weapons and armor and items and, uh, and yes, flavor. Ooh, that's a rough flavorless text. I don't know. We'll see. Let's, let's, you be the judge. We're going to talk about the flavor text on some of these items and see what, uh, see what y'all think. Um, well, I am Yrax. That's my name backwards. Not totally backwards. No, almost. It's, is it pig Latin? Is that where? Spoonerism. Isn't Spoon- it? Well, spoonerism Spoon- is with two words, I think. Same spoonerism. thing. Spoonerism is where you switch the first letters of two words around. Oh. Is that, not, is like, that an Australian uh, term? Spoonerism? No, it's like a, it's, it's a thingy. I'm pretty sure it's a spoonerism. I like Hold it. Hold on, now I have to Google it. <laughs> now we gotta look it up. Well, while you're wanna, Googling... I don't to say the wrong thing. While you're Googling, I'm gonna talk to Shopdash, uh, drop slash. What's going on, man? Shopdash sounds like a mobile game. It it's does. Like the mobile game that, version like of Supermarket good. Sweep. Oh, that's a million dollar idea right there. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, we're going to market a, a new game. So how are you doing? What's been going on this week? Uh, I've been playing a whole lot of Bayonetta because it's free for Xbox Live Gold members this month and is one of my oh, nice. favorite games of all time. It is very cool. Everything about that game is amazing. And I'm missing three achievements, and I haven't played it since I switched over to Xbox One. So I'm going back and getting those last three achievements, one of which is the pure platinum achievement, which you have to beat the game on. It's like it's called infinite climax mode, and you don't get to you don't get to use witch time when you play the game, which makes the game much more Ooh. difficult. So, yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. I'm gonna do it. Uh, and we also have our spoonerism <laughs> pervert shop. Pervert <laughs> pop. What's going on? Uh, I was correct on the spoonerism, by the way. Oh, good job. I just Googled it. It's when you switch the initial letters or sounds of two or more words. Like the example, you have hissed the mystery lectures instead of missed the history. Anyway, I am, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I, I've had a, uh, terrible sleep patterns for the past week, mostly because my boyfriend's been off work and I've been staying up late talking because time zones. And uh, I've decided to switch back to a normal sleeping pattern, cold turkey. And I had about four hours of sleep last Oof. night. <laughs> it's like, I wake up at a normal time today. Oh, dear. So two cups of coffee and this is how we're going. Nice. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And once again, we have no gavel ratchets in our toolbox. Um, so That's fine. I I'll just talk we'll... about future war cult without him. Whoa. Ooh, that'll that'll serve him right. Talk about uh, warlocks, no one to defend them. That's right. 
Um, <laughs> me, I haven't. We're gonna rename the show the Destiny Hunter Cast. <laughs> yeah, no joke, right? Three hunters and a ghost. Wait, three. I'm trying to think of a three men and a baby reference, but it's not gonna work. Um, I haven't been doing much this week besides wheeling and dealing on some Craigslist <laughs> deals. Uh, but I won't go into the details on that. Um, I guess let's jump into some thanks and announcements and get going with the show. We might, uh, we'll probably have a, a doozy on our hands. Um, what do we got there? A correction, I think? So, last episode, uh, Sherb asked me about whether ghost scans were going to be in Destiny 2, and I didn't have a solid answer. Uh, but then I make them quack in our uh, Discord pointed out. Uh, pointed me towards an interview between Jason Shearer from Kotaku and Luke Smith. And Shearer asks, uh, what other stuff can people find on the map? Will I actually be able to go and explore and find interesting things in the world? To which Smith responded, we hope so. You'll be able to go and explore and find like stuff to scan, learn more about. We know that players in Destiny are always looking for in a bunch of ways excuses to spend time in the world. In The Taken King, we had some scannables that you could find in the world and learn about. And in Destiny 2, we have way more than we've ever had. Well, I mean, of course you have. It's an exciting answer. It's the next game. Of course there's going to be more than you ever had if there's more than just Destiny 1. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's really exciting, yes, though. I so, love the scannables. Yeah, so the answer is yes. There's going to be a lot of scannables. I can't wait to hear ghosts make idiotic comments about the things that we find. Very <laughs> cool. So, yeah, there we go. Um, and then we had, uh, we had I think, uh, the Sherboyfriend. Sure is that what we're going to call him? <laughs> double Rapukin. Double, <laughs> double Fenestration. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell us, sure, what he said? From okay, the podcast. so I will just read his comment, which was to me uh, listening to the podcast, X Ray just said that the writing on the cans at the farm looked German, but he couldn't find any match. Earlier in the episode, Drop said someone thought the farm was on Switzerland, and in Switzerland they speak Swiss German, which is a similar but distinct language. Something to look into. So I will ask Viru about that because he was the guy who mentioned that it might be in Switzerland. So. Yes. We'll do it's some point. do some more research on that. And I won't ask any Germans because I don't know any. Nobody in the future speaks pre-collapsed German anyway. Otherwise, uh, Rahul would have found them. Right, and he's gone now, so we can't ask him. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> did you did you see did you see the comic? There's a comic that someone had where Raul's like standing at his shop whenever the cabal attack, and he like runs and. You see this explosion behind him, and he jumps over the ledge, and he's hanging off of one of those like antenna things that's sticking out of the yep. side, and uh, and he's reaching up, and there's a guardian that peeks over the edge, and he's saying, "Help me, help me!" And the guardian looks down, and he goes, "Remember that purple engram you turned <laughs> let blue? Me de- let, that de- let me decrypt that for you." And he pulls his hand away, and he's just <laughs> right. flipping him off. That was so good. Yep, yep, that was great. Oh man, that was such a good comic, but. Uh, yeah, so we'll have to look into that that whole German Switzerland thing um, and see what we can find out, and we'll talk about it maybe next time. Um, I had a question that I'm just gonna gonna throw out there just because I got it today on Twitter, and uh, we haven't had many fan questions lately, and I I thought this would be fun just to to kind of talk about real quick. It's uh, an interesting, and I'm sure people are wondering or thinking about things like this. Um, so on Twitter from a gentleman named. Uh, game is glitched 
and his name that he's going by is the Cryptarch. He said, um, "Oh, I missed the. It's a two. It's a two-parter. Let me find the first part of this text. Darn it! Where'd it go? Uh, We're wrapped with suspense. Yeah, now I'm I'm annoyed with suspense. <laughs> Wait, that's not a thing. Um, derp, derp, derp. I mean, he deleted it. What? What? Then he's uh, not going to get it answered. Oh, wait. I'm on the wrong. Hang on a second. <laughs> Jeez, I am so not prepared. I've been trying to set up this, this new computer. Blame, and I blame the new like computer. Him. Yeah, I am. It's the new computer's fault that I can't find a <laughs> question. Have these printed out and um, stuck over the walls? Here we go. Here so we go. That's me. All right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So a friend asked me this question today, and I wasn't sure how to answer it. If Osiris is in permanent radiance, then will he lose his light alongside the rest of the Guardians in Destiny 2? Um, and, and I said, that's a good question. It probably you know is more of a discussion than a, a quick Twitter thing. But then again, it's not really. We don't, I mean, my opinion is you know, we don't know yet how losing our light will affect affect the guardians that we are there on earth and how it will affect guardians who are off planet you know if 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 it's going to reach that far it depends on how i mean we don't know a lot about what's going to happen yet with that light now if every guardian just loses their light immediately then i would imagine that osiris would just not be in radiance and not be able to do anything what's going to happen when osiris logs in and can't pick sunsinger as his class <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Is he gonna be an in, gonna, is he gonna be permanent daybreak now? Just hanging out with the sword. <laughs> yeah, he just launches swords nonstop, <laughs> flying around. Man, that video from last week you talked about was awesome. Just flying know, around everywhere as fast around, as he yeah. can. Yeah, <laughs> it is. A, but it is a good um, question. I mean the the base answer is, you know, we're all losing our light for at least a temporary period of time because we know we get it back. Uh, But there's plenty of non-Guardian Risen. I'm not sure what the term for them is now. Like, Risen is an old term. Guardian is the new term. But then we have people like Tevis Larson, who wasn't a Guardian anymore. There's people like Osiris. Uh, There's people like Fenchurch Everest. They're not really Guardians. They don't fight for the tower for the the or fight for the traveler per se they're out doing other things uh but they're still undead powered by the traveler's light or by the light in general uh with the traveler being the conduit and i mean the closest interaction we've had we had that brief interaction with tevis uh for all of five seconds before he died uh but there's also uh ephrodite and Ephrodite comments on how she is off-world, you know, possibly out near Jupiter, working with a group of others who are trying to find new ways to use the light that don't necessarily involve combat, which I've commented in the past because she comes back and just tells us to shoot each other a lot. Uh, So we don't know. We don't know quite what's going on out there. And before the show started, we were talking about, well, what happens to things like the Soul Forge on Mercury, which is must be somehow powered by the light or whether it's a technology or something. like we just don't know. So there's there's potential other sources that exist. We don't know yet how we get our light back, whether it comes from that shard of the traveler near the farm 
or we get it back from Gaul or what. Uh, we don't, maybe it never it's leaves. Yeah, it's all unknown at this point. Uh, and even like if Midtown is an example, uh, the Traveler's not over Earth anymore. So but, like, who knows? It's tough to say. All right. And before we jump into the content, I want to make one more little quick announcement. And I've talked about it the past few episodes, but I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, we have switched our host. We are now over with Audio Boom. And the reason I mention it this week is because uh, we had a question that people that use uh, Podbean as their their app of choice to listen to podcasts aren't finding the most current episodes, the, the last, I think the last two or three since we've moved over to Audio Boom. And I don't know why yet. Um, we're looking, I've been working with Audio Boom to see if we can find a solution for that um, because uh, we know people, you know, it's, it's tough for people to change um, what they're, they're comfortable yeah. with and we'd rather you not have to change. Uh, but in the meantime, if you are listening to us on Podbean um, and need to find a different, different uh, source, you can find us over on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, we are now on Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, um, and uh, a couple other places you can find us. But um, you can also just find our, our RSS feed if you need to and get to our, our content that way. Um, there's also a couple other uh, interesting things that were, were brought up. Um, there were a couple older episodes. And I don't know if I mentioned this uh, two episodes ago, uh, but two of our episodes were very long. They were uh, in excess of, of three hours, like three, no. over three and 315, 330, something like that. We had a long episode. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's two of them in particular that were so long that they failed to transfer over to Audio Boom <laughs> whenever they migrated our content. <laughs> and so the only way we can do that is we're actually going to have to split these two episodes in half and put them up separately. Oh snap! Uh, so, yeah, it's um, one of them. I think it's uh, I think one of them was Crota's End Part Two, and the other one I don't remember what it is. Uh, but I've I've got it written down. Um, so I'm gonna work on that hopefully this week and try to get those up there just in case anyone wants to go back and check them out. But we've had a few people ask. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, and something else that was kind of funny was you know our. We talk about our commercials, um, and there was one, one somebody commented that they were listening, and they heard a beer commercial at the beginning of the episode, and at the end, it was for an attorney who was a divorce lawyer, and <laughs> like, wow, that's convenient, wow. I guess. Um, kind of almost go together in some cases, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, so people are, are finding humor in some of the some of the the commercials that are popping up and and making jokes out of out of it, and so that's that's kind of fun. If you hear anything you want to comment about or let us know about, uh, please do. Uh, I love you know hearing what people's yeah. thoughts. I'm are interested on to see and, if there's an algorithm that is tracking where listening and then pairing up the most popular ads for a given region. I would love to know what some of those ads are. Well, yeah, they are because I think it was uh, I think it was. Pirate Danny said that she heard an ad for, um, like, joining the British Navy or something <laughs> like that, which is obviously relevant to where she's at. Um, I might be wrong, and if I am, I'm sure she'll 
hit me up on Discord hard <laughs> as she always does. Um, but yeah, so I think I think they are. We are getting some some uh, dynamically placed, interesting, uh, or, or I regional, guess yeah. regional I, advertising. Yeah, I do so, have a question about specific. that though. Do you yeah. get ads if you listen directly from Audio Boom? Yes. Okay. I listened to the, the last one, not the last one, the one before it, because when I was listening, that was the last one. And I didn't hear any ads, and I was disappointed, because I went on purely to, well, not just listen to the episode, but also just I wanted to hear what ads it would come up with me with for me. That's what I also found out. Apparently, Google Play podcast feature is US exclusive. Wow. <laughs> Maybe they have no really? region info for Australia. Well, I mean, huh. Audio Boom didn't have any ads for me. But then I was trying to find, I was like, oh, I'll just go on Google Play and listen on my phone. And it's like, what? How? I can't find it. So I was like, how to find podcasts? So I'm go to the podcast section. There's no podcast <laughs> There's not section. A podcast section. <laughs> it's like, this, it shouldn't, it wow. should be right there. So I looked it up and it was like, uh, oh, it's a US thing. We're bringing it later to the world. Huh. I'm like, no, Word. I don't want to listen. I want to hear ads. Word on the street is that Spotify is going to be making a big podcast push coming up. Oh, yeah, we've yeah, actually, I've actually already free. tried to, you know, they, they have, I think they have podcasts on there, but apparently they're like super pa- like particular Curated. about who they let on yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so weird, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've already inquired about that and also, um, iHeartRadio, we still haven't heard anything back on that. So I'm trying to find out what's going on there. Um, well, I mean, we are yeah. clearly the highest quality content. <laughs> oh, for sure. I can't believe we haven't been. They've been banging yeah, our doors down. They should be writing um, us checks for it. <laughs> so, well, uh, I think I think that about does it. Um, sorry to bend your ear about the, the podcast host again, but I thought it was interesting to, to share some of that info with you all. Um, yeah, so what do we got? What are we going to start with? We're going to start with weapons, right where we left off last time. Yes. Ooh. Shoot the man. Yeah, so these are the <laughs> the weapons of the Destiny 2 beta. Also, it's going to be interesting sort of to see what pops up. Uh, the uh, beta for PC is coming up, and they're including a new map. Uh, so if they're including a new map, who knows what else we might get. So I'm interested to see the, uh, the PC beta, how it stacks up against the console beta. But for now, let's talk about Amalon weapons. Uh... And I guess I should have tossed Coldheart in here, which is the new Amalon weapon, but I did not since it wasn't technically in the beta. Plus, I had I had my problems with their marketing of that thing anyway. Confusion, confusion in marketing. Don't don't say don't have the guy who designed the gun go on Twitter and say it fires an arc laser, and then tell everybody they're going to defeat their enemies with the chilling cold of the Coldheart. Unless you're, unless you're gonna, cold, unless you're gonna, cold lightning. unless you're gonna smack him with a gun, that's not what's gonna happen. Uh, but anyway, and also the the cold hearts looks an awful lot like the new weapons that some of the cabal carry. So, come on, Amalon, you're better than that. Anyway, let's talk about the Nergal PR4 pulse rifle. Uh, the flavor text is "Take arms against the lions of death, the kings of sunset." Uh, before we go into the the name and the flavor text, I love this gun. Uh, this became my go-to primary for the Crucible. This thing was 
like shooting a laser beam. Uh, originally, I was going with a scout rifle. Didn't The scouts didn't seem to be hitting quite as hard as I liked. Uh, so I went pulse, pulse hand cannon or pulse auto rifle because the auto rifles were mean. But this, if this pulse rifle stays the way it is or it maybe gets a slight buff, this will be a weapon to have uh, going into Destiny 2. Uh, so who is Nergal? Nergal is a Mesopotamian solar deity, uh, but only representative of certain phases of the sun, a.k.a. King of Sunset, which is in the flavor text. Uh, portrayed in hymns and myths as a god of war and pestilence. Uh, strangely, he represents the noontime sun and the summer solstice, and in Mesopotamian culture, the summer solstice actually brought destruction. It was the dead season. Uh, so, over time, Nergal developed from a war god into a god of the underworld. Uh, in standard iconography, he is pictured as a lion. Uh, and bounty, boundary stone monuments symbolize him uh, with a mace surmounted by the head of a lion. So that plays back to the flavor text. Uh, the lions of death and the kings of sunset. Uh, I have a note here about the two god we have we've encountered two gods of the underworld in the past uh protheon and atheon uh, uh in the archive the vault of glass is explicitly described as a vex underworld and there was two at least atheon is the god of that underworld so an interesting allegory there but i don't think it really we're gonna see a lot of this weird overlapping stuff unfortunately uh, so get used to it. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with the Vex. <laughs> uh, either of you guys play around with this, with this weapon? Nope. No. Yes. Yeah, I liked it. I liked. Uh, I I had a pretty good, pretty good time with uh, with most of the pulse rifles. Um, what two of we had two of them? I think. No, there was two only one. Was that the yeah. only one? No. Yeah. Was there one that was in the secondary? No. Well, okay, then I had fun with <laughs> that one. There's two scouts, two <laughs> auto rifles, one pulse rifle. I mean, I'm pretty sure there was only one pulse rifle. The linear fusion rifle, a bunch of hand cannons. Oh, no, there was the uh, the nightshade. Yeah, the nightshade. Yes. Yep, okay. We'll come. We'll yeah. get to that one. But yeah, I had I had a good time with the the Nurgle. That one that one killed me quite a bit too. Um, well, you come you come from a you have that ridiculous Nerwin's Mercy that you use, so. <laughs> dude. I still love that thing. I was running with I was running some Iron Banner with that this week, and it was just still tearing people so up. I normally don't play um, the pulses in in Destiny One. Yeah. So I mean, I I think I might have mentioned this last week. I started out using my Hunter and. You know, I had, uh, you know, I was I was trying the the scouts and the auto rifles and and hand cannons and um, hand cannons I was doing okay with, uh, machine gun meh, um, but uh, or auto rifle, uh, and after I I put my hunter down after the first day and picked up my warlock the second and was started out with um, a pulse rifle. Which I don't think it was the nerve. I think it was the. I think it was the, the nightshade, night maybe. Uh, I don't remember which one, but. Um, man, the pulse rifle just felt good to me, you know. And like I said, I've been using pulse rifle quite a bit, so. 
so yeah, I had a good time with it. And you know, so far, I mean, I think uh, the the score of the flavor versus flavorless text, this one's pretty good. This is all right. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's okay. <laughs> Tr- I mean, Trust so me, not I, only I, mean, I arranged these going from kind of like best to worst. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I like this because all downhill from here. You know, we're we're finding out. You know, we've got this this King of Sunset, which refers to, you know, kind of solar stuffs, and uh, the whole lion thing goes kind of. And I know that that you know, there's some debate about which uh, doesn't isn't it the no the warlock? What are those new emblems? The so we got the. The Titan is the lion, so it doesn't line up with... I believe with... it is Titan's Pride is the name of it. Yeah. Let me go find it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, it's it's pulling in a couple things that we've seen very squeakily, so... Yeah, Titan's Pride. All right, we'll, we'll move it along here. What do we got next? <laughs> we've got the Phosphorus MG4 SMG. Now, I didn't mess around with the SMGs too me much. Either, what, did, yeah. what did you I do? I did not. I played with them during the reveal, uh, so I knew that I did not really want to play with them during uh, the beta. <laughs> now, wasn't now there was a we'll get to it, but there was one of the uh, exotics was an SMG, right? Yes, the warlock exotic was an SMG. I put those; those are in the actual class sections. So, okay, I'll tell you some stories about that thing because I used that <laughs> a little bit and I had fun with that. All so. right, yeah, the other SMG was the red mamba by Vice. Uh, so this one says the star in the east, the fire in the dawn. So phosphorus is the Greek name for the morning star, uh, and in the east it announces the dawn. Uh, and in modern times, uh, so that that morning star that they're referring to is actually the modern uh, known in the modern times as Venus. Uh, another Greek term for morning star is uh, hospherios, meaning dawn bringer. So this phosphorus MG4 really is Venus. Uh, there's also a chemical, the chemical phosphorus, uh, which is found all over the place. Uh, I need to get I need to get this right, or I'm sure I'll hear from hear from some of the chemists in in the Discord. Uh, the chemical element P, atomic number 15, it exists in two major forms: white phosphorus and red phosphorus. Uh, it's highly reactive and never found as a free element on Earth. And it, the reason I know phosphorus is from phosphorus bullets, they glow. Uh, the term phosphorescence, meaning glow after illumination, originally derives from its pr- the property of phosphorus, although this word has since been used for different physical processes that produce a glow. The glow of phosphorus itself originates from oxidation of the white but not red phosphorus, a process now termed chemiluminescence. So there you go. Uh, tracer. Here, I'm gonna throw tracer rounds. I, I want to throw phosphorus s- bullets. Oh, on the, yeah, they have it on the back of them, so whenever they fly through the air, it burns, yep. and you can see. Uh, yeah. So I've got a I've got a little uh, phosphorescence info for you that I just thought of. Um, working in radiology, we've got these these things called uh, screens that are inside of X-ray cassettes, and the screens actually react to the radiation and cause them to glow which applies which it applies an additional kind of light source within the cassette to expose the film making it making us able to reduce the amount of radiation it takes to acquire an image 
via x-ray. So basically you shoot an x-ray, the radiation makes this thing glow and and expose the film faster, so the exposure to the radiation is shorter. Hmm. So yeah, but that was back in the day when before digital x-rays, which reduced the radiation exposure even more so because there are all sorts of, of computer programs to... Uh, to kind of, of enhance the image without uh, having longer exposure times. So, anyway, that's my two cents. Oh. Well, all right. So that's so this these two weapons. These are the two Amalon weapons, uh, and this continues Amalon's naming trend. They typically have mythological entities of sun and or death. Uh, like the slivered Eos FR4, uh, Eos was the Greek goddess of the dawn, the Thesian FR4 fusion rifle, uh, which is the Astrusian goddess of the dawn, uh, the Kamakatok HC4, which is uh, from the folklore of the Philippines, that's a death omen, uh, and then the, the two-letter tag referring to the type of weapon and then the number. So, like Nurgle PR4 is pulse rifle 4, uh, MG4, I guess, is machine gun, which is strange because the old HMGs, and this is an SMG, so I don't think there are any Amelon HMGs, though. I'll have to go and check. But yeah, it all it all follows the, the standard naming convention uh, for Amelon. all sort of fits right in line. Same sort of like liquid ammo tanks uh, that Amelon is known for. Still a cool foundry, still cool weapons. Uh, I guess we'll talk about this new one. <laughs> Veist. Vest? Veist? Veist. I guess, I mean, in Irish, that just means waistcoat. <laughs> like, I, so it's like vest. Like vest. <laughs> uh, so this is a new foundry. We mentioned that in the last episode. Uh, all their weapons are, have a very distinct sort of like, crustacean-esque hive flair to them uh, and they're all named after venomous creatures uh, I hope that all this <laughs> this flavor text gets replaced in the final game and I know I know this I know that this is the beta I know that a ton of stuff especially since this is an older version of the beta I'm sure a bunch of this stuff got replaced this all could have been placeholder text uh, but it is in this category we're going to find the worst example of the flavor text in the beta. You just say it dramatically, though. Oh, I'll, then it's okay. I'll say I'll say the I'll say the flavor text dramatically, and it still won't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's let's just hope Bungie listens uh, prior to the release, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta fix this quick." <laughs> so, uh, so it looks like. They're similar to Amelon in their spec that the the designation after the name seems to represent the weapon itself, although some don't quite make sense, but let's go over them. So the first one is the Deathstalker 4AU. It's an auto rifle, uh, and the flavor text is I'm poised for the strike. Kind of makes sense, uh, as this is probably a reference to the Deathstalker Scorpion. Uh but if this is a reference to the Deathstalker Scorpion, the next weapon is called the Black Scorpion 4SR, which is the scout rifle. 
uh, and it says, I attack from the shadows, I never miss. Uh, so if the Deathstalker is the Scorpion gun, what is the Black Scorpion? Uh, there's, there's a pretty good chance that even though there are Black Scorpions, uh, this seems to imply... This impedes on the Deathstalker, so this could be a reference to the Black Scorpion Fish, which would be a funny name for a gun. Uh, but the Black Scorpion Fish is a venomous scorpion fish uh, common in marine subtropical waters. Uh, and as a venomous scorpion fish, it needs to attack from a hidden position. So, But I just looked it up, and it just feeds on bottom-dwelling invertebrates. Well... I thought, I'll look it up and see if it's an ambush predator or something, you know? Well, that makes sense. Here's how, here, it feeds on small fishes and gobies, <laughs> crustaceans, bottom-dwelling invertebrates. Where's it found? Uh, like, lo geographic location? Yeah. Uh, widespread eastern Atlantic Ocean, from the British Isles to the Azores and Canary Islands, near the coasts of Morocco, Mediterranean Sea, and Black Sea. Hmm. I was hoping the AU would be a drop on Australia. No, that's the, yeah. that's the auto rifle. You, usually, well, no, I know, I know. Usually found resting among seaweed and on rocks. <laughs> it sounds so friendly. Well, it's just like you don't want to step on for it. For what it's worth, this scout rifle was awful. <laughs> uh, this was the default, not the default scout rifle given to hunters. They weren't given one. Uh, this is the first scout rifle I got on my hunter. It's It was the full auto one. It's so bad. This gun is shoots marshmallows. Uh, it does no damage, even at full auto. You just can't land the shots. This was a. This is when the beta came out, and they said some weapons may do more or less damage than intended. As this is still, I hope this is a weapon that was doing less damage than intended because this was a real. But hand cannon, a hand cannon at maximum range, could out damage this scout rifle at ideal scout rifle range uh, maybe it does a lot of damage to bottom dwelling invertebrates instead uh, well <laughs> that would have been better in the crucible haha <laughs> <laughs> sorry pvp people <laughs> oh snap <laughs> take that uh, <laughs> where's that arc weapon to cool off this burn yeah that's right where's the cold heart you can yeah. <laughs> doesn't do much good in combat. You can just rest it on your injuries. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> all right. The next one, the Urchin 3SI, which is the sidearm. Uh, some families play are... the text that I don't understand. Yeah, I will draw them in, then take them out. Like, I get it, but... Sea urchins but don't from, draw anybody yeah, in. Yeah, from, from what I understand, sea urchins aren't very active physical predators. No, they're not. I think most Drawing people get them hurt. In, taking yeah. them out. <laughs> I mean, unless, maybe it should say, uh, you will step on them and then have to yeah. pull them out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's how most people get hurt by sea urchins. Maybe maybe in this in this scenario, the, the text is, is coming from the person with the foot. Or maybe in this... they're talking about the spines. I will draw them in and then I will take them out. Maybe this scenario is coming from a chef who's going to prepare the sea urchin improperly to take out everybody who eats mm. it. Ah, and they draw them into the restaurant yeah. for the promise of tasty food. <laughs> I'm sad none of these are called the fugu <laughs> at this point. 
Uh, many sea urchins are venomous, but the danger does not come from their spines, which are short and blunt. Uh, the collector urchin and the flower urchin, potentially lethal. Anyway, yeah, so sea urchin. I think there's a pretty famous Simpsons episode about Homer eating an <laughs> improperly prepared one. Uh, but yeah, people just step on these things. They don't... They're not tricky. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, there's a lot of long, <laughs> long names I don't want to say here. Diadem. I'm surprised you didn't make me say them. You usually stick me with all the garbage Go for names. it. It looks like Go for every, Echinotheridae. Every, every word that's underlined in red. <laughs> that, that, oh, that Google doesn't <laughs> <Yeah>. recognize? <laughs> so, let's see. We got the... Huh. Didymateidae. <laughs> That's the, the thing that the head of Ravenclaw wore. <laughs> Echneotheridae. That's from Echino. That's from Ghostbusters. Echinotheridae. <laughs> Ectoplasm thuridae. <laughs> Ectoplasm thuridae. Uh, <laughs> they all end in D A E day. So, and then the Toxo. Noostaday. Toxanoostaday. I think that one's actually pretty close there on. The tuxedo wearing Tuxedo one. mask. Venomous as well. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're sea urchins. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. And yeah, they're poisonous, they're... so that makes sense for the weapon, but the flavor text does not. Okay. Pedicellarae. I didn't use any sidearms. Uh, no during the beta because when you can rock two primaries what's the point in running a sidearm that I mean I play I play a mid-range game anyway so sidearm wasn't going to help me uh, here's a good one the red mamba 3mg which is their smg my venom is swift uh, mambas are fast moving venomous snakes uh, from the genus hey you want to read this one you know me <laughs> Dendro, no, oh, oh, dendroaspis. Dendro, dendras, dend. Den oh yeah, it says it often. Dendro, yeah. dendroaspis. Dendros, tree asp. Dendros. Yeah, I was gonna say dendros trees. <laughs> then aspis is just asp. Uh, of the four species that are recognized currently, three of those four species uh, are essentially uh, arboreal and green in color, whereas the so-called black mamba is largely terrestrial and generally brown or gray. There is no such thing as a red mamba. <laughs> uh, although there is no snake version of red mamba, Matt Bonner of the San Antonio Spurs does have the nickname Red Mamba, which is given to him by Kobe Bryant, whose nickname is the Black Mamba. <laughs> well, while Kobe was live tweeting a televised replay of his 81-point game against the Toronto Raptors. so Maybe it's just the reptilian term for a red herring. I just it's want to. I just. I'm guessing that some maybe somebody at Bungie is a San Antonio Spurs fan. Probably more likely than that. I yeah. don't think Matt Bonner is venomous. Uh, I maybe we could get him on the show and ask him, but. But do you, you can't know for sure if you've never been bitten. Yeah. Well, we'll have to. Somebody's going to have to volunteer to get bit by Matt Bonner. So yeah, yeah. can because he's not here to say no. There we go. All right. Also, he lives in Texas. That's perfect. 
Brilliant. Uh, all right, next one, the Copperhead 4SN. This is the sniper rifle. This is the one of the only vice weapons I used because it was I think it was one of the only snipers. Uh, my fangs are bared. Uh, so a species of venomous snake uh, endemic to eastern North America, a member of the, yeah, it, that says Crotaline. Crotaline? Crota. Yeah. A member of Crota's family. Uh, uh-huh. Pit vipers. Uh, the common name for this species is the copperhead. Uh, yes, I. that's why he's called the red mamba x-ray. He has red hair. It all works out. <laughs> I didn't know. We, I thought you were trying to figure that out. Oh, I'm no. like, what? It's pretty obvious, right? No, it's because he's venom. It's because okay. he's venomous. That's how. He, oh, that's okay. how he, he, he's poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> so don't eat. So Sorry. don't eat him. Is what you're saying? So, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Because <laughs> he himself Gross. is poison. I think anybody who's who. I mean, the Copperhead's a pretty a pretty well known snake. Uh Got them all over in Missouri there here. There you go. I've seen them. So, I've killed them. I've shoveled a couple of them. Kill it with a sniper rifle. So the no. shovel, shovel, <laughs> shovel. They can't bite you without their head. <laughs> now I'm just imagining like somebody hard scoping with this thing, and then just you running up behind them with a shovel and taking them out. <laughs> yeah, melee from behind. That's what I want. I want to shovel the melee people Anti- from behind. Anti-sniper weapon shovel. Uh, that brings us to the last one, which is the worst flavor text in the entire beta. The Tarantula 3FR. This is the linear fusion rifle. This gun was awful. Uh, the flavor text says, no one will escape my web. Uh, I let this sink in for a second. All right. Uh, possibly the best example of the stupidity of these flavor texts. Tarantulas do not use webs to catch their prey. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I do counter that with you can't escape the web if there is no web. Oh. Well, they, there is a web. They I make webs. Your temple right now. <laughs> they they yeah. spin webs. They just don't catch stuff. Well, they spin it. silk. Uh, they'll, when they, a lot of trenches are borrowing spiders and they'll use silk to keep sand and dirt out of their little hidey hole. Uh, <laughs> hidey hole. But There's yeah, they don't funnel webs and stuff. Yeah, they don't they make catch the little trappy bits. They don't, they don't catch prey in their webs. So, yeah, I guess you can't escape it if you don't have it. I don't know. Maybe it's intentional as a warning. The gun was awful. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got one of these. I'm like, oh, a linear fusion rifle. I wonder if that's like sleeper. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's terrible. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, there's not much more to say about that. Hopefully that gets changed. I mean, this was like, this wasn't even like, maybe like well-meaning flavor text. This was like somebody didn't do a simple Google search <laughs> to confirm whether or not tarantulas use webs. I think that's everybody learns when they first learn about tarantulas that that's a thing. But who knows? Maybe whoever wrote it, they don't have tarantulas where they live. Moving on. Even National Geographic Kids has it on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was just reading through it. It's pretty funny. Although when it comes to, like, odd nature facts like that, a lot of kids know more than adults because it's all fresh in their minds from school. That's not that odd of a fact, though. Oh, I mean, just in general. 
it comes to things like that. <laughs> I find kid, kids know more than adults because they've only just learned it. I mean, you could write you could write stupid flavor text that at least made sense. Like, what if the flavor text was like, uh, like once I pounce, it's too late, or something idiotic like that. But it's like, it or makes like, sense. Then I'm, yeah, I'm big enough to kill the, a bird. Yeah. So it does say that they also can spin a tripwire to signal an alert when something approaches its burrow. Though it's still not the traditional spider web that the imagery conjured up by the flavor text of flying into a web and getting stuck. No, correct. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. They're just very just smart spiders. Oh, I would now, pretty cool. I wish the flavor text did say I'm big enough to kill a bird. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. Sparrows? We don't. <laughs> I will destroy your sparrows. sparrows. I will destroy your sparrows. They're perfect. I would actually love that flavor text, though. That'd be clever on a few levels. Uh, so let's bump over to Hake. Uh, two, two heavy weapons from Hake. Power weapons, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the Acantha D, which is a grenade launcher. Uh, the flavor text, your piercing light knows no limits, your searcher's heart no bounds. Uh, I have no idea what the flavor text is referring to here. I mean, it, other than just like a general, haha, look at how wonderful you are. Uh, Acantha, though, was a Greek nymph who was turned into a plant with spiny leaves by Apollo after some questionable actions by Apollo. Uh, this led to the prefix acantho, which means thorny. Uh, no, I don't think there's a deliberate reference to the thorn there, as the Acantha D did not shoot giant thorn thorns. That'd be awesome if it did, though. Uh, <laughs> thorn grenades. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awful. Spike grenades from Halo. <laughs> that would be really Worst cool. Worst throw ever. It shoots thorns that then shoot poison thorns out of them. Like thorn the weapon? Yes. Like it shoots, <laughs> it shoots the hand cannon out of the rocket launcher. <laughs> and then, and then the which, hand which cannon then shoots when it hits the ground. Then, yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's not a lot, not a lot on the Acantha D, other than that's what it is. Uh, then there's the Morrigan D, which is the rocket launcher. Uh, your domain is is the battlefield. Its ways are your ways. Uh, now I just pictured Morgan Friedman <laughs> reading that. Really, I always picture Morgan from Darkstalkers. Morgan Friedman. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so the the Morgan is a phantom queen or great queen, a figure from Irish mythology. Uh, Morgan from Darkstalkers is based on that that particular myth. Uh, Morrigan is primarily associated with fate, especially with foretelling doom and death in battle. Uh, in this role, she appears as a crow flying above the battlefield. So that flavor text sort of makes perfect sense there. I wish this just shot soul fists out of it like Morrigan does, but it does not. <laughs> I liked, I used this rocket launcher. I got a lot of double kills with, I mean, this rocket launcher was the, the classic when you picked up the heavy ammo and Shaq said, don't use that all in one place, but you only got one rocket. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what to do. Uh, but because I played a medium, mostly a medium to long game in control, 
uh, I, I usually rock this as my primary and just laid waste to control points with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, hacky weapons in Destiny tend to refer to famous military commanders or battlefield heroes. Uh, the naming scheme is very often a that person's name and then a letter indicating the quality. Better guns have letters later in the alphabet. So I'm not sure a one rocket rocket launcher really qualifies as a great weapon, but... Depends how good the rocket is. Uh, got me a, a ton of double kills. I... I foolishly, once I realized it could track, I started using tracking and didn't get nearly as many kills. I just went back to just sort of hip firing it into control points. Mm. Uh, we talked about some of the hacky weapons uh, during the exotic weapons episode, but there's other ones in here like the Armin SD, uh, the Rescova A. Uh, there's a bunch of hacky weapons named after people like that, uh, especially their snipers. Uh, all right, and that's Hake. We'll move on to Suros. Uh, the Minuet 42, which is their hand cannon, with the flavor text that makes no sense. Suros invites you to join their dance. So it makes sense in terms of the weapon name. A minuet is a, is a dance uh, in 3-4 time, intended for the ballroom. But then that seems like a real missed opportunity to give this gun triple tap, <laughs> where three bullets create a fourth. Uh, uh, ah, that'd be cool. I know, but, but then since all weapons now have static rolls, there's never a chance that you will ever get a minuet with triple tap because it didn't have triple tap. Unless they listen to this episode and change and it change before it. the release. There you go. You missed opportunity here <laughs> to give the minuet triple tap. Uh, strange. And there, and with and with those last two comments, we've lost every <laughs> listener that might have worked at Bungie we yeah. ever had. <laughs> I still love you. Although strangely, so Suros has a pretty distinct flavor text scheme on a huge number of their weapons. Uh, this was the only Suros weapon uh, in the beta, and it did not follow that convention at all. Uh, in regular Destiny, most Suros weapons uh, are Suros followed by three letters, then two numbers. Uh, DIS-43, PDX-45, JLB-47. Uh, and the flavor text is almost always adjective, 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 Suros. Uh, the DIS-43 I just mentioned is balanced, targeted, empowered Suros. And the PDX-45, uh, which I think a ton of people use in the Crucible, is lightweight, snappy, reflexive Suros. So it's a pretty common convention there with a lot of those weapons, but... This bucks every one of those trends, uh, and then misses a great opportunity for flavor t or for perk synergy. So maybe a no pun intended misfire by Suros. I don't know. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, we've got some. I'm sure, that pun wasn't intended. No. <laughs> we never use puns on this show. Uh, so with those out of the way, the major foundries uh, out of the way, let's talk a little bit about uh, the others. So some of these were Crucible-style weapons. Uh, they were red and white, similar to the Suros color scheme, but they had the Binary Phoenix logo on them, not the, the swirly Suros logo on them. Uh, and included in that was the gun that I probably used the most in the beta, does not compute, the Scout Rifle. Uh, 
the flavor text, the engineers aren't ready for us, which is silly. Uh, I like this gun felt like a scout rifle. It just still didn't hit as hard as I would have liked, but it was much, much better than the Vice one. Uh, does not compute. And its many variations are a phrase often uttered by computers, robots, and other artificial intelligences in pop culture. The phrase indicates a type of cognitive dissonance on the part of the machine in question. Uh, Does not compute. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it usually comes about by robots or computers attempting to process emotions, contradictions, or paradoxes. Uh, and it's frequently satirized in satirized in popular culture, often leading to the machine's inaction, malfunction, or self-destruction. The phrase was used as a catchphrase by the television show My Living Doll in 1964, but then I think was really popularized by Lost in Space, uh, since the robot character used to say that all the time. Uh, often present in stories which carried a theme of superiority of human emotion over limitations within the logic utilized by machines. Despite computers' superior ability at calculation and information processing, their lack of emotion or randomness made them unable to resolve cognitive dissonance, to which they often express the phrase, does not compute. Uh, man, I was, when I was looking this up, I was looking up the history of does not compute. It's pretty fascinating, sort of like where it came from and how it got popular. And then there's an entire discussion about uh, how s engineers are not programmers and programmers are not engineers, <laughs> which is which is a funny thing to come across given the flavor text of this weapon. Well, they're not ready for us. No. Well, they, if engineers aren't programmers, then how is that even relevant? Because they're not ready to be programmers. So oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to stretch this. <laughs> uh, maybe it's engineers are like a train train drivers are not ready for scout rifles maybe <laughs> I maybe know. the engineers don't compute oh that's why they're engineers and not programmers uh, yeah something <laughs> maybe like it's from the future <laughs> soon distant future uh, <laughs> year 2000 <laughs> <laughs> finally robotic beings rule the world <laughs> that's not confusing <laughs> the humans are dead uh, yeah other than the small mag size I thought this was a great weapon but I know it's tough I, we had so many good scout rifles in Destiny 1 it's going to be hard to compete alright does not compete yeah that's what it should say does not compete <laughs> you wouldn't really want to make a gun that says that though <laughs> <laughs> it turned out to be the best gun in the game for sure. You can't admit it outright. Yeah, well, I'd use it just to prove a point. <laughs> uh, all right, better devils. Uh, angels can't help you here. Uh, this probably most definitely refers to the phrase uh, better angels being the better parts of ourselves. This is pretty famous uh, in Abraham Lincoln's inaugural address at least if you're a student of American history, I don't know about Australian history, uh, <clears throat> where he was trying to reconcile the seceding of the Southern states. Uh, quote, We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell again when touched as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. 
Uh, there's actually a pretty... There was a book just written recently, I believe. Uh, a pretty fantastic book called Better Angels of Our Nature. Uh, about why violence has declined. Uh, that's Stephen Pinker, I believe. Uh, which is a pretty amazing book. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't can't really think of a a better reference for this. I mean, other than the fact that this gun is used to kill people, I mean, that explains the better devil's part versus the better angel's part. Uh, well, it kind of runs, it kind of runs in line with the whole, the devil, you know, the devil, you don't and yeah. better devils yeah. thing too, which is kind of a theme on these hand, on a few of the hand cannons. Yeah. So, so, and given that, <laughs> uh, the only way we really ever get anything solved in destiny is through violence <laughs> sort of fits right in so uh, I use this gun this is I typically ran this uh, alternate my scout rifle as my main my main loadout here was uh, does not compute in better devils unless I was on hunter and then it was does not compute and sunshot and then unless I was in the uh, the crucible and then I was running the Nurgal all right. We finally have a weapon whose flavor text references something in Destiny directly. <laughs> uh, Yay! <laughs> the Scave Lock, uh, which is an auto rifle. This weapon was forged by Devrim K. the Eighth for the survivors. Uh, Devrim K. in Destiny 2 is uh, confirmed. He's that shadowy guy in the European dead zone. Uh, he sort of lives out in the wilds and assists the sort of folks who live outside of the city. He will also be a quest giver for the Guardian in Destiny 2. Uh, we don't know if he is Devrim K the Eighth yet, I think. We haven't, because there's not been a lot of interaction with him. He was only featured in a cutscene where he was referred to as Devrim K. So, and this is for the survivors. Uh, whether that means the original survivors of the collapse or the survivors who are currently out in the dead zone itself. So he may, the guy we're dealing with could be Devrim K the 15th for all we know. This could be his ancestor. They just kept the name, which they've apparently done for eight generations. Uh, but yeah, he's a dude in the game. We'll get a chance to, to meet him and talk to him. So that's a cool bit of reference. Uh, the name Scathlock is an alternative name, uh, last name for Will Scarlet from Robin Hood. Uh, was it Christian Slater who played him in Prince of Thieves? I think so, yeah. Uh, and he got like, an arrow through the hand. Uh, <laughs> Will Scarlet was a young man famed for his skill with a sword. Uh, so there's a that Robin Hood reference could be also referring to Devrim K, who's out there helping the survivors or the people who live in the woods type deal. Uh, but we don't know a lot like about his about uh, a lot about his characterization yet. So, but there's a good good possibility there. Uh, and I put a little note here: if you've ever read uh, A Tapestry of Murders by P.C. Doherty, which was a book of stories, or which is a story modeled after the Canterbury Tales, this guy wrote sort of like different takes on Canterbury Tales. There's a character named Scathelock. Uh, he's a manservant slash assistant. We're kind of a weirdo. But I, I confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I believe I believe the reference here is most definitely. Uh, 
to Will Scarlet. And yes, Christian, Christian. Slater was absolutely yes, him. Yes, I knew it. I just watched that movie not that long ago. I don't know why it was on, but... Damn arrow. Shot me with a damn arrow through the hand. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> he, he got to say... That's a PG-13 movie, I think. He got to say the one swear word. What did he do? Like, he, like, stole an apple or something? Is that what he did? He grabbed or grabbed some fruit or something? I don't remember. No, Robin something shot him weird. through the hand. Who? Robin shot him through... He's like, like throw a knife at Robin, and Robin spun around and shoots him through the hand. Oh, was that what it was? He was going to throw a yeah, knife? I, so. I thought he was, like, stealing something. No. Okay, never mind. Uh, and then the Nightshade, Deadly Nightshade, the pulse rifle. This is the other pulse rifle. Uh, hey, and we've got some interesting flavor text that kind of makes sense. Uh, three drops Yay. is all it takes. Uh, so, well, this is most certainly a reference to to the plant uh, Atropa belladonna, commonly called Deadly Nightshade. Uh, the flavor text, though, uh, reveals it as a Game of Thrones reference, which we've had plenty of in Destiny. Haha, <laughs> Ice and Fire token. Uh, so in Game of Thrones, Essence of Nightshade is known as Sweet Sleep. Uh, it appears in Seasons 2, 3, and 4 of the show. Uh, the Waif explains to Arya... Oh, spoilers for Game of Thrones, by the way. <laughs> if you're not caught up. Uh, the Waif explains to Arya that Sweet Sleep is the gentlest of poisons. Uh, uh, just a few grains will slow a pounding heart to a stop. Uh, will slow a pounding heart and stop a hand from shaking and make a person feel calm and strong. A pinch will grant a night of deep uh, and dreamless sleep. Uh, and three drops will produce a sleep that does not end. The taste is very sweet, so it can be used to make cakes and pies and honeyed wine. Uh, there's also a line from uh, Grand Maester Pycelle. Uh, Essence of Nightshade is as dangerous as it is efficacious. Uh, so there you go. Three drops is all it takes. Also, it's a pulse rifle, so it fires three bullets. Uh, in the pulse, so it actually like that fits together really well. Like pulse rifle named Nightshade, based on a a real thing, but also a great reference. Like, what a nice little package of a weapon. Like, why can't they all be like this? <laughs> can't all spin a web. <laughs> uh, so, I mean that's. I don't know. Like that just seems like something somebody put some thought into, you know, rather than tarantula. I don't know. Well, the huge difference there, like, there's it seems like a huge gap in how developed it is, makes me think maybe it is a placeholder. Yeah. Stuff. Well, it makes me so all the vice weapons are so bad. It makes me think that maybe that series of weapons just hasn't had its flavor text really done yet. So they just slapped in some placeholders. Yeah, well, it's, it's like drawing a picture. And then you draw the picture, and you add all these big blocks of color in, and it's essentially a finished picture at that point. It just doesn't look very good. And then you can go into each sort of color and fill in the details and the, the shading and everything. And it looks really good at the end, but it, these are just the big blocks of color. It, it looks it's it's still a complete picture it's just not very refined 
That's that's how I see it anyway. Or the artist is completely finished and is like, well, this <laughs> is mean, my picture, not yours. It, it is what it is. Well, that's, it's, if you leave if you leave big blocks of color, sure, it doesn't look refined, but it's still enough to get the message across of what the picture's supposed to look like. Yeah. So you can essentially use that as a complete picture. It just won't look refined if it's not completely done but then you get like little bits like this like this weapon and it's like this feels refined yeah so eh, that's how I see so it. it's like a picasso uh it also makes me wonder if it was originally des des designed as a destiny one weapon and they just held it for destiny two i mean there's so there's so many game of thrones references in rise of iron that this would fit right in <laughs> yeah it could be unused stuff like, oh, we can save that for Destiny 2. Just chuck it in there. So, next up, we have the shotgun, the only shotgun, the Retro Futurist. Uh, with the flavor text, that they were so optimistic about us. Uh, which is sort of like an interesting look back type of viewpoint. Uh, retro Futurism. Yeah, oh, go ahead. I was just saying I like this Yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, a trend in the creative arts showing the influence of depictions of the future uh, produced in an earlier era. If futurism is sometimes called science, bent on anticipating what will come, retrofuturism is remembering uh, the remembrance of that anticipation. Uh, so, I mean, this makes sense. This makes sense as anybody looking back about what, if, you know, looking back at the golden age and imagining sort of like what what the the great plans for the future were uh, before the collapse happened. Uh, to make a shotgun with a ridiculous range. I know. And then that thing was a beast. It was, though, yeah, it was a monster. I saw that. <laughs> if someone had that, I was running the other way. <laughs> it was pretty beastly. Uh, yeah, I love the whole retro futurism thing. Just like in our world, not Destiny universe, like. When you go back to, say, like, 80s movies about the future, space and everything, and everyone's got hover cars and rockets and wearing fun spandex outfits with glowy lights on them. and I love it. I love it. lasers and we live on the moon. And if you look at, like, future stuff from now, it's, like, post-apocalyptic. The internet crashed and everyone went starving. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's so, it's so bleak. Where's my lasers and my hover cars? I guess people are more realistic now, and people are more scientifically aware. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it's, it's like, like a great they're... example of this is like in Back to the Future Two. Yeah. Where they go to 2015 and imagine what the future is going to look like, and that we look at that now, like, oh, look how quaint. Yeah, I know. Look right? how quaint like, their future they outfit? thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> look at all those lost opportunities we yeah. had. Damn it! I still don't have a hoverboard. Yeah. I mean, they have. You can those, have uh, one. You just can't ones. stand on it. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, didn't, I mean, didn't anticipate yeah. the memes. Also, look back. Look back at the first Iron Banner and Fell Winter's Lie. <laughs> <laughs> For the shotgun that we all thought the future would bring. Mm. Uh, so good. That brings us to the only fusion rifle, the main ingredient. Uh, this was a Vanguard-themed weapon. The, the blue and orange. Uh, and then a huge missed opportunity here. Uh, the flavor text is now stir the sauce, which I think is terrible. Uh, I think it should just say salt. 
That would have been Maybe amazing. this being the beta, <laughs> after those three little dots after sauce, it'll say, add, need add salt. salt. <laughs> need, yeah, add salt or need salt. <laughs> we'll say too much salt. No, it should just say salt. Salt is the main ingredient. <laughs> just, just one word, yeah. Uh, this thing was this salt, thing was beastly mark? in the Crucible. This thing was a monster. Uh, this, yes, interestingly enough, was. this weapon, I think I pointed this out on Twitter, uh, also has the logo for 7th Column on it, uh, just above the main handle of the gun, uh, the grip. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing because, one, getting a 7th Column with a fusion rifle would be spectacular. And on top of that, getting a 7th Column in a 4 versus 4 game mode <laughs> with the fusion rifle would be even more difficult. So... Maybe just add blank. I don't know what. Maybe maybe this is hidden confirmation that we're getting an eight v eight playlist. I don't know. It's not. Pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, I I think I, I I either had three kills pretty quick with that thing, or I might have wiped a team with it one game. That thing was it was nuts though. I mean, if you just right man you just take them out from, from pretty good range it's got some decent range on it too what well, makes sense i think fusion rifles feel good as a heavy weapon yeah because uh, now you can just like totally beef them up and just make them devastatingly powerful and have it make sense for the slot that it's in uh and then i saved almost the best for last toss up between this one and nightshade uh the needle a sidearm, the flavor text. So this was a future war cult branded weapon. Uh, and the flavor text reads time phrase at its edges. We must be the seams. Uh, this was the only weapon in the game or in the beta that had a very distinct uh, association to uh, faction. So I don't. It's no mistake that this was Future War Cult, and uh, this is a this is a pretty. I mean, it's decent flavor text, but it, it reveals potentially a lot about what the future of future of the War Cult may be. Uh, which is funny because this episode is kind of happening concurrently with our Vault of Glass recordings, uh, which we'll get back to. But this is a What's pretty in the middle of it. Yeah, this is a direct reference to the Vault of Glass Grimoire card, uh, which says, "In the vault, time phrase, and a needle moves through it. The needle is the will of Atheon. I do not know the name of the shape that comes after the needle, and that's Caber. The shape is a seam. Apparently, the it's shape a is the shape is a sidearm. <laughs> 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 Sidearms are the future." Uh, so if you read into this heavily, I mean, this could almost be taken as a mission statement or a statement of intent for future war cult. Uh, with the will of Atheon removed, the cult can now use their own needle to repair time, uh, which is pretty proactive uh, for future war cult. Uh, they tend to, to sit back and accept, not accept the inevitable, but search for ways around it, you know, using the Lahasa device. Uh, they're not a very proactive faction, but this this is a totally different sort of view of the war cult for us. Uh, 
making a proactive attempt to repair some of the damage done possibly to time uh, by the Vex. Too bad they weren't on the farm. Correct. Who knows where they are? Maybe they went back to Lhasa. And that's that. I think that's all the weapons, except for the exotics. Nightshade, Better Devils, Needle. Oh, no, the Showrunner. Uh, which was the other, the Vanguard submachine gun. I didn't cover that. Is that the only one that I'm missing? I did pretty good if that's the only one that I'm missing. Uh, hey, it was. So the Showrunner, it was a submachine gun, uh, and the flavor text is... Once you have one, you'll wonder how you ever did without. Uh, I can't believe I left that out because that, that flavor text is hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> because, yes, that is true. Uh, as long as you have a good showrunner. <laughs> uh, and I almost wonder if this is an internal dig at the story team at Bungie. <laughs> because a long time ago, they seemed to have a showrunner and things were going okay. Uh, and then everything flew off the hinges. So, <laughs> I don't know. Well, then we've got the, well, is it on here? The Risk Runner? Well, the Risk Runner is the exotic for Warlocks. Right, but charge your soul and let yeah, the electrons... but that's down in the Warlock section that we're about to cover. Oh, I know, I know. I just like the soul reference. Sorry. Oh. The soul that comes flying out of the Fallen. Uh, anyway, Showrunner, great line. Bungie, get yourselves a good showrunner. Uh, <laughs> I hope you have one. Soul or runner. Whole... <laughs> slow slow runner. runner. Get yourselves a slow runner, <laughs> uh, which is pretty much the only way you can kill somebody with a sidearm uh, submachine gun. <clears throat> All right, so let's we'll jump into the classes to cover those last three weapons uh, and some of the stuff that we picked out. Uh, for titans well titans hunters and warlocks yep uh all right i don't have everything in here uh but it's fine there's some other stuff that i'll just uh add as we talk but we're gonna cover we want to cover titans first yeah sounds good they're and, right and here. I, I started these notes, so I'm sorry if they're very informal. <laughs> oh, no, I left them informal. I think they're hilarious. <laughs> I was just typing my thoughts out. <laughs> Go for it. Tell us your thoughts on Titan. Oh, okay. Sure. Well, I started just listing the new class type because each class has a sort of modification on an old subclass. Uh, Captain America! Which is not the actual name, and I don't know what the actual name of it is. Sentinel. Ah, thank you. Yes. And I love it, because I'm way too aggressive to play a defender. <laughs> and now I can run up and smack people, and it's great. Instead of going, don't leave your bubble, don't leave, what are you doing? Ah. So, yes. So, defender titans can now either make their Ward of Dawn bubbles. Well, Sentinel titans. Or, yeah, sorry. Sentinel titans. Uh, or summon a smaller purple shield that sits on their arm, and like the aforementioned superhero, you can smack people with it, or you can throw it, as well as use it as a shield. But why would you do that when you can smack people? Because it's a 100% damage reduction, and it's awesome. Yeah, but you can go smack people. <laughs> <laughs> Offense is the best defense. <laughs> I am not a good defender titan. 
Well, clearly you were. I mean, we only. I think we only had access to Code of the Aggressor. No, we didn't because we didn't have the second shield throw. We had Code of the Protector. So we're we're playing Code of the Protector. Uh, so there's actually a more aggressive version of Sentinel that you can play. So ah, I would probably very much enjoy that. Code yes. of yeah, Code of so Code of the Protector, which was the set that we got, which was Turn the Tide. Uh, your overshield from defensive strike lasts longer and increases melee damage and reload speed. Uh, rallying force, melee kills restore your health for you and nearby allies. Ward of Dawn, when your super is full, you can hold the triggers to create the classic Ward of Dawn. Uh, and defensive strike, killing enemies with your melee ability, creates an overshield around you, which is all very similar to Defender Titan. Then there's Code yes. of the Aggressor, which was locked for us, which gets shield bash, which is after sprinting for a short time, use the melee ability to unleash a devastating shield bash that disorients enemies. Mm. Uh, superior arsenal, grenade kills, recharge your grenade energy, which is hilarious. Uh, second shield, gain additional shield throw charge while using sentinel shield. Uh, and in the trenches, kills while surrounded by enemies, reduce the cooldown of your super. I like all of this. <laughs> I want to do that. Because, like, I played Sunbreaker Titan when I played Titan. Yeah. And then my boyfriend convinced me to try and play Striker, and I never looked back from kneeing yeah, people in the face. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so, if I can run in and charge in and just <laughs> smash everyone to little pieces without even thinking, that'll be great. I might play Titan more. Who knows? Um, yeah. And they got, I think, in the build we got, you get Magnetic Grenades, Void Wall Grenade, which they stole from Night Stalkers. Uh and suppressor grenades, so they don't get the spike grenade anymore. Suppressor, still super mean. <laughs> so I'm not sure what else. Well, then we've got... Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, there's also... So as long as we're talking, before we get to the universal perks, we might as well talk about Striker a little bit too, I guess. Uh I don't think... I mean, Striker had the most devastating thing in the entire game, which is Pulse Grenade. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if people sort of caught on later uh, in the game. Pulse Grenade did, did an obscene amount of damage uh, in the beta, like more than Fist of Havoc did. So it was, it was pretty mean. But they had the same grenades, Loadout, Flashbang, Pulse, Lightning... Uh, and what we were playing on Code of the Juggernaut, I believe, uh, which was uh, Frontal Assault, a powerful melee puncher, grants you increased weapon stability, reversal, melee kills immediately trigger health regen, trample, Fist of Havoc lasts longer while sprinting, killing enemies with Fist of Havoc extends duration, and knockout, breaking enemy shields, increases your melee range. They have another code, but I don't think it's named right now. Uh but it, maybe I just didn't look hard enough for it. It must, it must be named. Uh, but that is Magnitude, Aftermath, Aerial Strike, and no, Shoulder Charge. So this is the code, because we had Shoulder Charge in the beta. Right. Uh, so this is the code that we were playing on. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to go find out what that code <laughs> was. I mean, everybody was playing Sentinel, so... Yeah, I didn't actually try out any of the subclasses that we already had. I was just trying out the new stuff. That's what I was there for. All right. but I probably should have now that I think of it. Well, what did you think about the new Striker? Uh... 
Oh, Code of the Earth Shaker is the one that we had. Yeah. Mm. There we go. So what do you think? What were you saying before? What the new the new class ability? Ah, yes. So all the classes have class abilities, which are just independent of your subclass. You have it the whole time. Uh, and Titan's is Barricade. You forge barriers out of light to reinforce your fire team's position. Which I... Oh, yeah, you hold B or, I guess, Circle. I don't know. I don't play PlayStation. Uh, to summon in front of you. And it's awesome, and I used it a whole bunch. Um, and it was great. Did you prefer and, uh, Towering Barricade or Rallying Barricade? Uh, I didn't use... like. I didn't explore um, testing out which one I liked more, so I don't really know on that one. I didn't I didn't play Titan as much as I played Hunter. I kind of did all my exploration as Hunter, and I then see. I went in as Titan, and then again as Warlock. And it's in that order that I have the amount that I've played them. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> oh I see. It, Okay. Uh, explore all the different things so like Titan I did a bit and I kind of played around with some of the stuff but I wasn't delving into all the perks and the options and and really digging into what I liked well no matter which one you prefer the the large barricade or the smaller one um, whatever you do if you see one don't touch oh, it yeah. if it's from the Whoa, other team geez. that thing hurts yep. Holy moly. I ran through one of those thinking I was just going to... Slide on through. Kill the Titan behind oh, it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, nope. wrecks you. I slid through and he's like, hey, what's up? High five. And I died. <laughs> yeah, I use tower... I think most of my crew, we all use towering barricade, the full height one. I do like that the rally barricade reloads your weapons when you use the cover mechanic, but who uses <laughs> the cover mechanic in Destiny? This nerd does. Do you use it... I at War Priest, that's the only place I can ever think of using it. I, I mean, I, I used it at some of the weirdest times. <laughs> it's like, hey, I can, I can crouch behind this. Watch this. It was good for uh, sniping certain, you know, certain parts of the, the during missions yeah. and stuff like that. But I always tried to use that, but I kept forgetting it was a thing. Yeah. Well, the other <laughs> thing is the the rally barricade. I hope this gets fixed for the the real game you could headshot a titan behind a rally barricade it was it didn't provide a hundred percent cover even if you were ducking down which is ridiculous uh there so there wasn't really a reason to not use towering barricade otherwise you can get your your dome knocked off like so yeah tower mm. towering barricade all the way i think it's a pretty cool ability uh for titans uh, it pr provides a lot of like new options for how you can approach situations by being able to create your own cover. Changes it. I, it was super useful when you when you well if you're a bit aggressive and you charge in and you get all the damage and you're like retreat and there's no cover and you're like haha cover myself. Yes. Because <laughs> you're not playing it right and not strategizing. Well, it's, it's also nice you could like thing. yeah and you could like create new corners with it and you could. The combination, when we get to Warlock, the combination of Barricade and Rift is just so powerful. Uh, especially in a game like Control. Like you get a couple Titans up on the on B, and you just drop the Barricades. You defend the front and let the Titans handle the left and right sides from behind the Barricades, and you put a Rift right in the center. It's like nobody's getting nobody's taking that point. 
yeah. uh, especially with the lack of, of supers in the Crucible. It became very difficult to take a team out of there. <clears throat> All right, let's take a look at their gear. Uh, so Titans, the starting gear for Titans was the Noble Constant Type 2 gear. Uh, and it all has super generic motivational speech. I'm going to, so the phrase when we were discussing this earlier, uh, one of the phrases that came up was uh, T for teen philosophy <laughs> uh, and dime store philosophy. So a lot of this stuff is like T for teen motivational quotes. Uh, I know you can almost see them on like posters with people with their hands over their ch uh, their hearts and like yeah. written underneath. <laughs> yes, exactly. Zavala <laughs> uh, wants you. Yeah. In the tower army. So the helmet said, uh, "Take pride in your duty." Haha, uh, -ha, you said duty. Uh, uh, take pride. That in joke doesn't work for me. Take your pride in Call of Duty. Uh, you say duty doesn't quite work oh well you speak better english than we do yeah but it's more fun to make poop jokes and speak better english especially for titans <laughs> uh, yeah. and all these are are not attributed to anybody they're just generic text uh, they're on the posters yeah the gloves say so long as one titan stands so too stands the wall sure uh the body armor just says steadfast and true. The boots say our sweat, our sacrifice, our responsibility. Uh, I don't know if guardians sweat. No, they probably do. I mean, they don't sleep. We're going to learn that in a minute. Uh, sleep is for the weak. There you go. Uh, and the noble constant mark where you stand, they will fall. I mean, it doesn't get more generic than that. Like that is like you shook, the, shook up a magic eight ball and those are the quotes that came out of it. <laughs> <laughs> the Titan fortune cookies? Yeah, it's, yeah, this is Titan fortune cookies is exactly what At this is. At that ramen is. shop. Uh, so the second set was the Crucible theme set and it's called the Phoenix Strife Type 2. Uh, here we go. Uh... <laughs> The greatest compliment you can pay in the Crucible is to fight with everything you've got, Lord Shax. I feel You're like doing your best Shax voice. Right. No. Well, here's the thing. I will get this at the end. This is <laughs> I. I think maybe that this is our site trying to sound like Shax. Like this is the these are the best motivational things that a robot could come up with, uh, trying to be Lord <laughs> Shax. Crucible. Shax is the Crucible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the gloves say mercy has no place in the crucible going easy does no one any favors uh, again I can hear Arsite saying that not Shax uh, the body uh, says never stop striving I'm just going to confirm that yeah never stop striving no attribution like it doesn't say Lord Shax after it, it doesn't attribute that to anybody that was on the poster next to Shax while he was yeah <laughs> like Never stop. Okay. Isn't that the definition of striving anyway? It's another anyway? one of those posters. Motivational uh, Zavala posters. To its credit, though, this was the furry collar. This uh, this is the replacement for the Calipolis gear. Uh, and this is a good-looking piece of armor. This The Crucible sets, I think, for all three classes was really good-looking. The Hunters was so slick. 
Uh, the boots fight harder. Any less than your best is an insult to the very core of being a guardian. Oh, okay. Who'd we just lose? We lost Sherb. Oh, okay. Yeah. All of a sudden, Continue. all of a sudden, your face was giant in my on my Skype thing. I'm like, oh, why? What just happened? I'm sure. I'm sure that scared the crap out of me. Let's see if I can get her back in here. Sorry, I'm quiet. I'm throwing some more notes here at the end. All right. Uh, and then the class item is the binary phoenix mark. And this is this quote will appear twice. This is awful. The phoenix that fights itself then rises from its ashes stronger than ever. That is the crucible. I don't like it. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have the note here that that is the second dumbest flavor text in the beta. The first being the tarantula thing. Uh, <laughs> this this is awful. This is. I don't. What the phoenix that fights itself and then right. Uh, it's like the Ouroboros. It's the snake that eats its own tail. Right. I want. I need. Oh, I guess we'll cover it again when we get to Warlock. But I really want Sher back in here to comment on that because it's just. So anyway, so this takes us to the shelter in place. Uh, and I thought I had a little note here on. So shelter in place is a Red Cross term. I thought I had it a note of that here. Uh, but I guess not. But the first piece says, uh, "Where is your home?" That is where you will fight the hardest. Uh, when literally 60 seconds ago, Shax told us that you fight the hardest in the Crucible because that is what it means. That's the very core of being a Guardian. So which is it? Uh, maybe, you're, maybe, I guess, maybe if your home is the Crucible. A and B? Yeah. Uh, why not both? A and B and sometimes C? <laughs> uh, what happened? Yeah, what happened to that? Oh, yeah, there you are. Let me just pause this. <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, lost connection for a second, sorry. My oh. modem is apparently plugged into a dodgy power board. Oh. Yeah, which is not great. Uh, we were just talking about the phoenix that fights itself. Uh, and then rises, yes. okay, and then cool. rises yeah, from its ashes far. stronger than ever. <laughs> which <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Uh, That's a really funny mental image, though. I, I mean, I only ever pictured Dumbledore and his phoenix. Yeah, but when the, when the little animatronic phoenix that comes out of the pile of dirt and that thing is this little bird baby. Yeah, just but can you, imagine, can you imagine if it had two heads and they were just, like, bashing at each other? <laughs> That's like, what I was picturing, like, hitting itself in the face. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yeah. yourself. That is the crucible. Yeah. <laughs> the crucible is stop hitting yourself. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and just a minute ago, uh, we thought that Shax was the Crucible, so who knows. Uh, yeah. That was okay. my favorite moment at Shax's area in the tower, just by the way. It was when I walked past um, Shax, and he says, you want the Crucible? I am the Crucible. Yeah. And I walk over to our site, and he's like, you want the Crucible? Shax is the <laughs> Crucible. And it was like, oh, that was perfect. <laughs> uh, One after the other. Like, I get no, it, guys. No, no. The, the phoenix that's hitting itself is the crucible. Shax, Shax is the phoenix that fights itself. <laughs> the slap fight that bursts into flames. <laughs> uh, so real quick, shelter in place is a, a Red Cross term. 
That means a small interior room with no or few windows and then taking refuge, refuge there. Uh, it does not mean sealing off your entire home or office building. Ah. Uh, so that's what shelter in place is. Uh, here we go. Ready? Some of this is the worst. Uh, gloves. Some armor doesn't protect you so much as it makes dying slower. This right? is ridic This is ridiculous. Uh, the transitive verb form of protect means to maintain the status or integrity of. That is exactly what... <laughs> like, we... I it's just like so here's here's a couple of problems i have with this uh one if you were a guardian it behooves you to die as quickly as possible if you are going to die because the sooner you die the sooner you can get resurrected back to full strength so why would you want to die slowly <laughs> uh also if metaphysically we are all dying anyway, isn't wooden armor doesn't isn't that what armor does? It protects you from dying like it makes you die more slowly than if you didn't have it on? Like isn't that the very definition of the word protection? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> uh but I feel that, like it's like some armor doesn't. It's like is this is this the one that doesn't? Can I have a different one? Yeah, why are Please? you wearing it then? Uh, well, here's well here's the body armor. This armor won't stop a cabal round, but it will buy you some time before you die. What? Can I have one that does stop cabal round then? Well, again, why would you buy you some time before you die? Why? You'll just get immediately resurrected right where you were standing. Like, who cares? Yeah. If, uh, but then, okay, so the argument could be made that this armor was made after the Cabal attack, right? So, this armor is saying, this was like scavenge up from the field, it won't stop a Cabal round, but it maybe will buy you some time before you die to pull off some epic heroics because we don't have our light anymore and you're gonna be dead. Okay. Yeah, facing mortality, yep. So, okay, I, I, I can get on board with that. Gee, I wonder what the boots say to reinforce that. Uh, that each of us have many lives to give for the city is the traveler's greatest gift. So the boots reinforce the fact that we have many lives to give, so who cares how long it takes for us to die? Yes, each of us have many lives to give. Yeah. I'm very clear about <laughs> Okay, Zavala. I'm very confused. <laughs> well, yeah, then I have a note here. This is not a very Zavala thing to say. Uh, at least not Zavala from the Taken King. I think one of the greatest things in in Enemy of My Enemy, the Taken King mission, where Zavala, oh, and they, yes. reuse, they reuse this line anyway uh, in D2, which is survival is a temporary condition. Yes. Uh, and then it's like, if something like, if the door won't open, punch through it and kill everything in your way. Like, like Zavala was bloodthirsty AF in the Taken King. Uh, Who knows? Maybe he's uh maybe he's a little bit shaken from having what he thought was safe and secure place destroyed. I guess he had a lot of faith in the tower and the wall and the city. 
But this whole quote is like so self-serving anyway. Yeah. Like the the city exists because the traveler is protecting it. And could it, uh, so I don't know us being is, able but to could it possibly be almost a was the traveler's greatest gift? Like that that was the gift we had that we had many lives to give, and it, then it follows on like now we don't. I guess I'm pretty sure not... like having paracausal cosmic space destruction powers is the greatest gift that we got from the traveler. <laughs> yeah, but this is from Zavala's perspective. It's lives to give for the city is is a fairly Zavala-y thing. I mean, I given how many times I watched him die in Homecoming, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that uh... is his greatest gift. No, his great. Zavala's greatest gift to me was the amount of orbs he was able to create using his Word of Dawn. Yeah. Um, Can I just say I loved that, though? I loved having the Vanguard using their supers right next to you. I thought it was pretty cool. Even even though they were dying and it was kind of ridiculous, it felt awesome. Especially I, I the know, first time going through, you're like, Zavala's. yeah, Zavala's here! Yeah, yeah. I'm in your bubble! Zavala we're bubble buddies! Good. Yeah, he did some good with his. Cade did nothing. Yeah, but Cade shot those guys with the the golden gun. Yeah, he shot two generic cabal dudes. Yeah. He still but <laughs> three. But the point was, like, he was the first one you came across. Yeah, I and guess uh, that's true. And so you're like And then he just pieced out, he's like later. Yeah, yeah he just <laughs> transmats away. Like, how does he I Entering do that. entering that first mission blind, you're like Oh my goodness, it's Kate, he's right there. He's in a mission with me. <laughs> and then he's like, pew, pew, pew. And you're like, ah, he's using golden gun. And then he's like, laters. And you're like, oh man, he's so cool. Okay, you're let's too, go find you're, Zavala. You're too starstruck. I know, but And Kate's then Ikora cool. just takes herself out of the fight by hitching a ride with that stupid Ikora ship. Ikora couldn't even blow up a single Cabal dropship with a Nova bomb. Like, <laughs> come I still on. Thought it was, I still thought it was cool that you progressively encountered them using their super supers, which is uh, not just confirming very definitely what their subclasses and supers are, but also just seeing it in action. It's like, okay, maybe we're going to get more of this. We're going to get more of this interaction with the characters and more cutscene things and and it's exciting I'm excited <laughs> well, we'll see how it plays out <laughs> I'm gonna continue to be excited <laughs> I'm worried like I'm excited I'm worried that like Ikor is gonna be like hey welcome to Io this place is sacred to the warlocks but you've never heard of it because even though you dethroned a god and mastered all three subclasses and it would just wasn't prudent to tell you. I mean, you weren't part of the hidden, so. Yeah, nerd. We're not special. <laughs> Apparently not. You're not in well, her secret wait, club. We are special, aren't we? Spe they do call We're us special. We're the guardian. That's right, but not that guardian that knows about <laughs> special things. Yeah. <laughs> We're the guardian, but not that guardian. Okay. Okay. I'll but even that. as the guardian, we are fairly neutral as far as it goes for alliance with any particular faction or person in the tower. Really? Like even because though we can we join a faction, we are not part of it. Anything the Vanguard tells us to do. Yeah, but like even we don't necessarily. Like we, of course, we re report to the faction, uh, the Vanguard that we belong to as the class. But it's not like we're not part of their little groups that they have like their own personal groups and we're not 
part of any of the other factions. We report to them and we follow them, but we're not actually part of it in that sense. Like, we don't get to see their secret rooms and their clubs and we don't get to yeah. use all their resources. Because we we're just their, get we're their, their gopher. armor and their weapons. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think because we're the other spe- we're the special guardian, we're, <laughs> as far as the, like, canon story of Destiny 1, we're fairly neutral as far as our alliances are within the city and the tower. So that could be partly like, that could be a little loophole of why we've missed out on some information, is because we're not like actually. Yeah, you well, know, the, the hidden certainly didn't help us defeat Oryx or Atheon or Crota or I mean, Axis or. Fire Eris. No. Eris helped. She's a hidden. She's extra hidden now. And super and reliable. Really, oh yeah, she's totally reliable. She's always got useful and helpful things to say. So here, I can... So one of my my real-life bosses, one of the, the best pieces of advice or, or things that he said to me when I was coming up through the ranks um, at, at work, he, uh, he stopped me one day because I was kind of stressed out a little bit and just had a lot going on. And he goes, he goes Nathan, you know, I can, I can ask you to do pretty much anything I need. And he goes, and I know you, you can do anything. He goes, but you can't do everything. So maybe that's the kind of logic that, that, uh, that the Vanguard have on us. We, you know, they can send us to do anything they need, but they can't have us doing everything at the same time. So there are going to be a lot of bits and pieces that we're going to miss out on and not be able to, to be a part can't of. can't do so. everything. Only the things that save the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get the we gotta take care of you know, we gotta prioritize. We gotta we gotta triage prioritize these things. And, and, only cataclysmic I mean, world ending events. <laughs> well it's like you right. can kill this big this big troublesome hive, uh, whereas we'll send other people to go gather intel. And then you don't get that intel. But they're taking fail. care of other stuff. The dudes they sent to go to get the info from the last array failed and we had to go do it. Yeah, but I mean, you don't hear about so, all the successful ones. They only tell you when there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like, like, like. I mean, we can't, we can't just assume that you know Zavala's sitting there and he's like, okay, so we've got this twelve thirty. We've got to either go stop this god or we've got this knitting class. I, I think um, let's send him to let's send him to defeat the god i gotta go to knitting class i mean yeah there's there's gotta be there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't know about and it's gonna be that way going forward and then they'll keep you know that's that's kind of the hopefully they wrote it that way to where they can bring in little things we're bumping up we're bumping up against the the thing we always bump up against which is like single player narrative versus multiplayer narrative and how many gardens guardians are there actually it's like oh i don't have to send you know x-ray 441 to go handle this because i can just send any of the other millions of super elite guardians we have to handle it every every event's time gate yeah. based on it based on one guardian being able to do it at a time yeah well i mean if in in destiny one if you're in the vanguard area of the tower and you go up to those computer screens where there's people at the desks you can mm-hmm. hear over the radio people reporting in and reporting yeah. stuff happening constantly so there's always missions going on yeah well in the tower if you just listen in the courtyard sometimes they'll talk about other fire teams uh that are out accomplishing things yeah. gotta pay your dues man 
It'll be day 332 and I get to run the first mission. Yes. I'm so glad I'm immortal and signed up for this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Time has no it's meaning. It's like the world's worst version so. of Groundhog Day. Uh, well, time has no meaning besides the fact that we are stuck on this. Let's uh, let's keep this ship going. We got two more two more classes we got to get through. So where are we at here? Well, we just, so the, we the last up? item is the Mark of Shelter, which reads, Titans are both the shelter and the storm. So this seems to be a pretty clear reference to the Defender slash Sentinel Titan and the Striker Titan, but that's kind of ridiculous. So in Destiny 1, Striker, the only reference to Storm in Titans is Striker Titan's Storm Fist, which is the default name for their melee. But that's not what it's called in Destiny 2. Storm, I think, is more generally associated with the Warlocks than the Titans due to Stormcaller and that whole quest, like harnessing the storm and all that stuff. So this just seems like a weird... It could it, be just seems... general imagery of Ark power. I guess, but that's still the It's Warlocks. a stretch, but... It's still, like, storm, you know, arc, lightning, that sort of imagery. I mean, is this is this the follow-up to uh, Warlocks are the question and the answer? Maybe. It's their equivalent. They just wanted part of it, too. <laughs> what, what are hunters? Uh, no idea. What did, you, what did you just do to my document? Oh. Sorry, man. I'm putting some notes in there for us. <laughs> oh, putting notes the, uh... in, you just changed the formatting of every single thing. What did you... <laughs> no, I yes, did. you did? It's the subclass. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Hold on. Oh, Hang on. I'll just... Let me just undo it. Hang on. <laughs> oh, oh mean, no. meanwhile, I'll, I'll say something else about the, uh, the class that's different. The classes all sit differently now. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Titans will go down on one knee. Uh, like respectfully, so now you can bow before Rahul or whoever they'll, it may be. They'll bend the knee to Daenerys. Bet, yeah, and ask ask them to marry you. Um, <laughs> no, they don't look up though. They look down respectfully. Um, and hunt, hunters do the the previous sort of legs out in front, sitting down, like hands on the knees, very casual. And warlocks will sort of on their knees, sit on their heels, sort of thing. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, with their they... Very almost like a worshipy sort of yeah. stance, um, maybe meditating sort of stance. So I like I liked that. It was a little thing. I, I still think the warlock should just be floating above the ground the entire time. Yeah, they like they the, are they're like, one pixel. Like they are in the, the menu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish you could do that. That'd be cool. No, they're, like, they're, uh, they're sitting floating one pixel off the ground. You just can't turn the camera to see. Like the storm trance. They should all just be flying around like storm trance. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's, I guess we should keep, keep this moving, moving on yes. here. Uh, so their exotic sweet business, we talked about this previously. Sweet business is what, uh, the fourth horseman became. Uh, you've got a note here, Sherb, about I sweet business. I just wrote my thoughts. I love this gun. I got into high rate of fire autos at the end of Destiny 1. Uh, this is a good mix between the high and low rate of fire, I think. Um, because it starts slow and then it sort of increases speed uh, firing the longer you hold it down it's like a crazy hose uh, it's pretty steady, uh, it hoses down enemies but I do wish it hit harder but you know, can't have everything uh, had a much better time dealing with the yellow bar enemies in the first mission 
than I did with the other exotics from the other classes. Nice. So I had fun with it. I I do like auto rifles. I learned to love them at the end of <laughs> at the end of Destiny One, but I did like my high rate of fires because I like to to hose people down. I am terrible auto at rifles. aiming. <laughs> auto rifles were in a good place in this beta. Yeah. I saw a lot of people in Crucible pre-firing this to get it up to speed because once it was up to speed, it just ripped through people. Yeah. Uh, but you had to get there. Yeah, you just had to hold it steady. I, I find with guns in general, like, I have trouble initially aiming sometimes if I get, like, especially in a Crucible situation where I'm, like, ah, panicking, and I have to, like, I overshoot the initially and then I'll aim at them right. And if I do it with a gun like this where you can just hold it and it gets better, by the time I yeah. have it, like, square on them, it's killing them. <laughs> <laughs> I have Very that forgiving. little time of working it out. And it had, like, out, a 99-round mag, didn't it? Yeah, which is why yeah, I'm was... not so good with things like scouts <laughs> in Crucible, because I just can't get the a initial aiming right Yeah. when I'm panicking. It brought me back to the epilogue days. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. yeah. Oof. And the flavor texture was, I love my job. Well, we're at the midway point of this episode. It ended up being uh, pretty long, about three and a half hours. So we had to split it up in order to get it posted. Uh, so please uh, go ahead and stay tuned or download or listen to the, the second half of this episode. Thanks. <laughs>